today we have Tori Faith. Hi. Did Ari tell you I was weird? No. I'm weird. <laughs> I figured she might have mentioned it. I'm weird too. Perfect. Um, so I have decided to boycott the Wendy's that's close to our house over here on Nolansville Pike. It's the worst Wendy's I've ever been to and it's the worst Wendy's in Nashville. Oh. I left a review online uh, on Google Reviews. Danny knows about it. A well-deserved bad review. Yeah. They regularly close early. They also run out of run out of food frequently and tell you to come back a few hours later. I went last week and I got some food there. Normal interaction. I'm always friendly to people that work at fast food restaurants and everywhere in general because I know what it's like to work. Yeah. Be a working person. I get home. I check my burger. There was a loogie on it. Oh my God. There was no negative interaction at all. So unnecessary, dude. I just, I've had so many bad experiences at that Wendy's. There's a review now. I posted, um, I originally posted one Google review and it was from my personal account. So it came up as Taylor Berryman. But uh, the second review I posted, I posted as the Poptimist and that one showed up. Ah. But yeah, fuck that Wendy's. How long have you been playing downtown for? I moved here in September, and I think I started working in October, so about five, six months. Okay, so that's a pretty quick turnaround time for just getting to Nashville. Yeah, I had connections with the booking people at Tootsie's for a couple of years, and so I was promised a job when I moved, and then it took a while for that promise to actually get fulfilled, but eventually it did. So where are you originally from? I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. Okay, and uh, you grew up playing music, doing the whole thing. Always, always been on stage in some way, like dance competitions, theater. I literally don't remember not being on stage. Really? So it was something you've done from the time that you're young? Yep. What inspired the the move to to finally happen? Was it you were waiting on the job to come through uh, at Tootsie's, or was it something where you kind of had to work up the the courage to do it? A little bit of both. I've always known, like, since I was a little kid that I was going to move to Nashville. Like, I've been saying it since I was probably five, six years old. Like, it's always been on all my vision boards and stuff. And then once I met all the booking people there, because the booking, like, agent or whatever you want to call it, his nephew and I were friends. We're both from Ohio. So I met him, and then his mom heard that I was in Nashville for a dance competition and was like, hey, go meet up with Preston's uncle, and he'll get you up to sing. Little did I know, he runs all the booking at Tootsie's, and then that's kind of that, how that started, and then I saved up my money, graduated high school, worked my ass off for that, and then moved here once I had saved up. It's a journey. There's a thousand different paths that people take to, to get here, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the exact same for me, but basically what happened for me was um, someone backed into my car, and it ripped off my bumper, and I was able to take that money and move to Nashville. All right. But I had also wanted to move here for years because Jack White from the White Stripes is here. Dan Dan and Pat from the Black Keys, they're based out of here. They have their labels here, their studios here. So I knew it was somewhere that I always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. Same. Um, but, I mean, that's the, the special thing about Nashville. Is so many different people move here with a dream. Yeah. And once you get here, you don't really know 
what you're going to do or how it's going to go. You're, you're going entirely off of blind faith. You For know? sure. That's how I felt moving here. Um, so you're playing downtown a couple nights a week right now? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite shift to play down there? Ooh, I really like nudies because it can get crazy and it fills up a lot with a lot of people. Like I did a closing shift a couple of weeks ago. And by the end, it got slow, but towards the beginning, it's really fun, and you get a lot of requests, and you get some of the rich guys up in the balcony who will, like, throw lots of money at you and make requests. And it's just a cool place. What's your favorite song to perform downtown? Right now, my favorite is Highway to Hell. Cause I hell call, yeah. I call it the shut the hell up song, because whenever guys, like, come in, and, like, if I'm just doing a background harmony for my co-front or just standing there for a second waiting for them to, like, turn my mic on, and they start, like, taking pictures, being assholes and stuff, then I pull that song out, and then I kind of make them meet their words, because you're like, oh, shit, she can sing. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah, I, I think uh, Bon Scott ACDC is the best ACDC. Oh, yeah. For, for sure. sure. That range is tough to hit, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It's yeah. It's, well, mean, yeah. you don't really see people cover Bon Scott era ACDC that much. I always feel like they do. You hear Back in Black. You hear You Shook Me All Night Long. But you don't really hear TNT. You don't really hear Highway to Hell. If you want blood, you've got it. That's another great Bon Scott era ACDC song. Mm-hmm. Whole lot of Rosie is my favorite Bon Scott era ACDC song. He was the goat of ACDC. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the the limit uh, limited exposure I've I've had to downtown. I mean, I've lived here now for almost eight years, and um, it's definitely an ambition of mine to to play down there. But for for so long, I had um, anxiety about it. Like I have a lot of anxiety about doing things. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I talk myself out of it so much because I've had multiple opportunities to do it over the time that I've been here and um, I recently did it and it was just kind of impulsive Um, it was my buddy Josh's birthday they were playing a shift uh, from the reveal playing a shift down at Big Machine and I talked to him that morning and I was like what are you guys doing tonight are you doing anything for your birthday he's like I'm just going downtown to play Um, and he was like yo if you want to come you can come and he's invited me a couple times but I was like, I don't know if I can. Yada, yada. I, I would always make excuses for myself. Yeah. You know, it's that uh, that invisible thing. Uh, Steven, uh, Steven Pressfield calls it the resistance. But once I did it, I realized it wasn't that big of a deal. I was like, oh, shit. I, I, I'm a musician. I, I know how to play. I can play. Yeah. So Danny was there for that. Yeah, no, it was it was a a good night. I think uh you're talking about when you played recently, right? Yeah, no, I mean you you pretty much just hopped on stage and just were like going with the rest of the boys. You could hardly tell that you hadn't been up there in a while. Yeah. Yeah, it had been a long time since I'd been on stage, but it felt good to finally do it, you know. Yeah, and Big Machine's a pretty chill spot, so it's like it is a I, good place to start, I think. I was definitely glad that at the time most of the bar was empty, you yeah. know, j- just in case I messed up. I didn't know if it was going to happen or not, but like playing in your bedroom versus playing at a rehearsal versus playing on stage in an actual gig, it's 
three very different things. For sure. Absolutely. Because anybody can be good in their bedroom. You know what I mean? Anybody, it's Madison Square Bedroom. <laughs> You're yeah. the star of the show. It's true. So, but yeah, um, I, so I guess uh, that's a, a roundabout long way of me saying I, uh, I commend you for getting on stage so soon after getting here uh, downtown because it's intimidating. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, recently, we had uh, a murder happen here. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say that it was deserved, but it was, I mean, it was... We had no choice. We had no choice. We have two cats. Ah. Jazz and Marie. And Jazz, she is a straight up killer. Assassin. Oh no. And she has brought in multiple mice, birds. Yeah. One bird. Yeah, one bird. Uh a bunch of um salamanders too. Oh, fun. And I I think her recent kill was, was it a squirrel or a chipmunk? I think it was a baby chipmunk. Yeah. Chipmunks are fast. Rest in peace, Alvin. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> but um, she brought one in. I remember it was a day that I came home, Danny. Yeah. And you were like, don't go in your bathroom. There's a jazz <laughs> and a, a mouser in there. Yeah. Um, She had already, already had badly injured the mouse. Oh God. But eventually my bathroom door got open and the mouse ran out. But it was badly injured to the point to where I had to take it outside. And at first I was just going to release it and let it go. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had to uh, to drop a brick on it. And when I when I did it, it kind of bounced. It made a crunch. <laughs> yeah, it, it, bo- it bounced first. And then yeah. I had to do it a second, like a second time. Yeah. Oh because God. I kind of did it in a... In a in a half-hearted way at first, I was like, I didn't want to kill the mouse, but I had to. Yeah. It wasn't a quick death, unfortunately. We were trying, but... Oh, God. I, I, yeah. I hate to say he suffered. He did suffer. He definitely did. At first, I tried to feed him, like, um, like peanuts and shit, because I was like, as long as he can heal, like, if we just send him out here, maybe get him some, mm-hmm. some snacks or something, and he can bounce back, but... It's a jungle out there. There's a bunch of things that could kill him, especially if he was injured. And I didn't, I didn't want him to suffer any more than he had to. It was an honorable kill. Yeah. This is true. Jazz has a good uh, KDR, as our friend Indy would say. She loves killing. She the, loves it. There's a tree right out front of her house. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'll be sitting inside, um, like on the couch. And she'll look out there and she'll see a bird up there and she'll uh, she'll run outside like all the way around and we just see her climbing up the tree. Oh boy. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm a dog person. I've always grown up with dogs. Okay. Do you have a dog right now? I don't. My roommate won't let me get one. Oh no. I know. This is my first time in my life not having a dog. Not having less than two dogs. I've always had two to three. Like ever since I was born. What's your favorite um, favorite kind of dog? Right now, I want a corgi more than anything ever. Oh, yeah. They're cute. They're so cute, and I'm convinced they're the little people of dogs, which is why I should have one. Sure, sure, yeah. And I don't know. I'm just obsessed with them right now, and I follow all the corgi accounts. Are the corgis, are those the ones that are the, the Dogecoin? Yes. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Are they always, do they have different fur colors, or are they always like that tan? I think there's some different ones, but they're mostly like that like reddish tan and white. Nice. 
Yeah, I, I like dogs too. I just uh, I can't I can't handle having to take care of something like that. Yeah, I'm not a nurturing person. I'm gonna be honest. That's why my roommate won't let me have one. She's like, "You are away at gigs all the time, and it's not gonna be my problem." So no. <laughs> But, it is a but, responsibility. But it's a big responsibility you know, owning it, owning any kind of pet. For I, sure. Well, true. I don't know. Our cats kind of do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, they do. But um, they're the house cats, you know. They also need love, though. True. You got you got to give them love, but it's only when they want it. It's on their terms. Yeah, they want it. They don't need it. Dogs yeah. need love. That's yeah. exactly how my chow was back home. We had a chow chow. Uh huh. And she's basically a cat in dog form. Yeah. Like, all her other dogs act like dogs. She was just like, leave me alone, except for the five minutes a week I want attention. Other than that, don't even come near me. What was her name? What her is name's her name? Her name's Bailey. Bailey, okay. That's a good name for a, for a chow chow. She's the fluffiest creature you've ever seen. Like, really? Just a ball of fluff. Yeah. Yeah, my dad, he has a dog named um, Max. Max is cute as fuck. Like, he... he uh. His favorite food is chicken nuggets. My dad spoils. Mm. Yes, chicken nuggets are good. I actually had McNuggets last night for dinner. Um, but he spoils them. Like my dad will go out. If my dad gets something at the drive-thru, mm. Max belligerently begs for food. He knows. He knows. Yeah. Like even when we're in the drive-thru somewhere, he'll start getting restless and going back and forth because he knows he's either about to get like a hamburger or... Or he's about to get chicken nuggets or something. That's amazing. Yeah. He, uh, he's definitely something to, to deal with. My buddy used to have this dog. Um, he was a blue nose pit, um, but just young and cute and just awesome. And every time we would like go to the bank because we worked together. So we'd get our checks like at the end of the week and we would go to the bank and the the lady in the drive through at the bank would always like when she would bring, like send our money back or or our cards back in the little like vessel she would always put some dog treats in there Aww. so every time we would go to the bank his dog would just know so anytime he would see the bank he would just freak out Pavlov's bell it was interesting yeah, exactly yeah it was so cool he just loved the bank <laughs> that's amazing yeah yeah i, I... I love the bank too, but only when I get to go either. I, I like putting money in my account more than taking money out of my account. Same. Yeah, for sure. I only try to go to the bank when I'm making a deposit because um, then, then it puts me in a good mood. you know. Uh-huh. Except the bank by me is right next to a Dunkin'. It's like if you go through the drive-thru, if you literally just keep driving, you're in the Dunkin' drive-thru, and that is dangerous because I always end up getting a nice coffee every time I go to the bank. Are you a big Dunkin' fan? I am because I worked at Starbucks for two years, so I'm just burnt out on Starbucks. So I kind of forced myself to be a Dunkin' fan. Was Starbucks just shitty to work at? It wasn't shitty, just the customers were. Like, the Karens were insane. Like, all the memes and stuff you see on TikTok about Karens, they're very real. (laughs) What was the worst customer you had to deal with working at Starbucks? Oh, we just randomly would get cussed out over the stupidest things all the time. We had one who, she was a regular, so we were all kind of used to her. And it was like, if a new person was working bar, like making the drinks, we'd literally be like, go sit down. Let's get somebody who knows this lady in. Because she would just have a sticker like that long of modifications. Like extra whip, no this, more that, two pumps of this, almond milk. 
everything you could physically imagine and she would take one sip and be like no this is wrong and we would have to try like three times and it took 10 minutes to make her freaking drink damn she had a special boy order yeah that's me i'm i'm the special boy <laughs> we knew her car order. when she came to the drive-thru we're like shit she's here yeah i i never really worked food service jobs i had one job as a uh, a server it was my second job but my first job like out of high school mm-hmm. i was a horrible server i worked at this place called flanagan seafood bar and grill it's a south florida chain it's like a uh, applebee's kind of except in south florida So they have a bunch of seafood on the menu. Um, It's a very popular place. Their food is actually pretty good. Uh, I, I, my favorite thing on the menu there was uh, the Philly cheesesteak. It's hard to find good cheesesteaks in Nashville, but this is South Florida, so different story. But um, it was so funny working that job because you would basically do a sales blitz right from the beginning of these are our specials today. Like there was a whole list where you had to hit everything. At certain points of your spiel. Right. Yeah. The drinks, all the upsells. Yeah. Yep. And um, I don't know if other restaurants are like that. I imagine they are if uh, for serving. But um, it's never... I just wasn't good at it. I didn't like it. I was scared um, of everything. Uh, and I wasn't good at really interacting with people yet. You know, mm-hmm. I was just... I felt... Out of place because I was so much younger than everybody. Yeah. That's how Starbucks was. I was always the baby. Yeah. But they kind of kept me on drive through because, one, I sucked at making drinks. I was so slow. Like, I just took my time a little too much. And you have to be, like, rapid fire when it's busy there. Yeah. And, like, I can't reach anything. Half of it's stored, like, a pie. So they're like, let's keep you on drive through because you're good with people. And everyone else here hates people. Because, <laughs> like, I grew up in theater and all that stuff. So I've always been, like, used to talking to people and putting on that. Hi, welcome to Starbucks. The, the customer service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm just, I grew up acting, so. Yeah. It's like an acting job, but so, way less fun. With uh, with growing up with acting, what was your favorite role that you did? Were you doing musicals or were you doing straight up drama, comedy? I was always in musicals in like middle school and high school, but I never got any good roles. I was always just in the back dancing because my director, bless her heart, she did not like me because she was like, well, where am I going to put you? There's no roles for little people. And mm-hmm. she was very, you have to look the part. And like if my character, if I wanted a role, had a love interest, um, your love interest isn't going to be two feet taller than you. So in the ensemble, you go. That's tough. Yeah. Which is kind of, it was a blessing in disguise. Like, obviously, I hated it when I was like a sophomore in high school and being told, like, you're never going to get a lead role come senior year but then I was like all right maybe I don't want to do theater and then I tried out for this place called the Lebanon Grand Opry House which was like an all classic country music venue and then that was kind of during COVID I tried out for that got in and that's kind of what kick-started my music career because then the band I was in up until I moved to Nashville found me out of there and then we played all over northern Kentucky and then I ended up moving here. Wow so it ended up um, working out you know I think there's a silver lining in every situation. Mm-hmm. My dad has always said to me, whenever something you know shitty or bad happens, something that wasn't where fortune wasn't on my side, yeah, he said it builds character. Yeah, that was definitely one of those character building because like 
it sucks to be told like you can work your ass off become the best singer become the best actress but it's never gonna happen but then it ended up being a total blessing because it kind of moved me to nashville in a weird way yeah well it ended up working out you know i think so much of it too comes from attitude you seem to kind of have a bubbly personality and a, and a positive mm-hmm. attitude was that something you've always had or something that you've had to develop along the way that's definitely something I've developed I've struggled with anxiety like most of my life and so kind of getting through that and being like all right if this isn't going to work there's something better out there for me and just learning to be patient and wait for that even recently like with not working at Tootsie's anymore I totally thought my whole life was over and then like Ari and all them would take me to brunch be like no there's just new opportunities for you and now I'm in those new opportunities Well, here's the thing that I've learned about Nashville. Mm -hmm. Everything is kind of cyclical. You know what I mean? And I'm sure Danny can attest to that too. But but life is kind of like that as well, you know? Um, It's every time something bad happens, you just have to wait it out. Like, for instance, Danny, last year, my year last year, it sucked fucking dog shit. Yeah. You were front row and center watching me just strike out for opportunity after opportunity. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. No, definitely not. It just happens sometimes. It happens. And that was the Mm -hmm. longest losing streak that I had ever been on. And we had a lot of powwows. You know, at the last place we lived, we'd always meet up at night and kind of talk about our days, what we had done that day, what we were trying to do next like the next thing we're trying to get done to further ourselves or whatever. And every day I had something, but it was just striking out, striking out, dude. I was in a dry spell and I was in a bad way. And I got very, um, very depressed and, and very anxious because of it. And my disposition of positivity kind of waned a little bit. It's just like when you're looking down into that black hole, you know, and there's just nothing there, the abyss, and you're trying to just white knuckle through it to stay afloat. Yeah. You know, to get up and brush your teeth. Like that's where I was at last year. And I I had I've faced depression before, but it wasn't it was different this time because it was something I, I was having health issues at the time. Yeah. So it was really fucking with me because the person that I feel like I am on the inside, I wasn't able to be that way on the outside, like out in the world. And um, I disappeared from myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And eventually my luck turned around. Things changed. Things got better. Uh, but... I think those times are the, the most valuable. You know, it's kind of like what you're talking about with your high school experience and being a little person. You kind of felt like you were on the outside and it didn't matter how hard you worked. Was there anyone around you in that time period who was kind of encouraging you or cheering you on? Or was this something where you felt truly alone in? At that point, obviously, like my parents were helping me through everything. And then come COVID and we're all stuck in the house, I was like, all right, well, once we get back into school and stuff, then I'm probably not going to go back into theater. Like, that's not for me anymore. And I literally just went down a weird YouTube rabbit hole, found Kaylee Hammock. She's a country singer who's, like, kind of getting started in, like, the Grand Ole Opry world, say something about 
she would play at a little Opry house. And I was like, Opry house in her hometown. Let me Google, see if I have one of those. And then that just kind of led me there, literally out of boredom. And I was like, hmm, that sounds more fun than getting rejected for theater opportunities over and over. Let's yeah. try that. So, so it's kind of self-discovered. You were still in high school during during COVID? Yes. Okay. And then um, you find this Opry house, which which is kind of interesting because like all over the Southeast, it seems in like Midwest, it seems like every 50 miles has one. Yeah. You know? Um, but okay. Sorry. I... I I digress. I, I went off on a tangent, but um, okay. So you were you went up. You found this Opry house. What did you do when you got there? Did you have to get up on a sign up list? What was that like? I went on the website and it was like call this number for an audition. So I was just like, I'm Tori Faith. I sing country music. I have no experience whatsoever, but can I try? And the lady Jesse Lynch, she was like, Sure, come on down. We need new singers. So I did. A Loretta Lynn song and a Patsy Cline song. I messed up on both of them, but she was like, I see potential in you. Come on stage tonight. Which songs were they? It was Walking After Midnight by Patsy Cline and You Ain't Woman Enough, Loretta Lynn, nice. which I still sing both of those it's all the time. a great Patsy Cline song. Yes. Did you know that Willie Nelson wrote Crazy by Patsy Cline? I did. Did you know that? That's pretty I cool. did. Yeah, it's a, <clears throat> it's a fun fact. I... Yeah, great, great songwriter, though, yeah. like straight mm -hmm. up. <laughs> well, it's interesting because when you listen to the song after I found that out and I heard it, it has his weird kind of jazzy mm -hmm. timing. Yeah. Once like I lazy. found that out, I was like, oh, I hear it. Yeah. yeah it's like the lazy vocals, kind of. Mm -hmm. Have you seen videos of him playing at the Opry pre-long hair and pre-beard? Yeah, that's weird. I haven't. It's, it is, it's super weird, isn't it? Uh-huh. Like, that's not Willie. No, no. Was he smoking weed then, you think? I'm sure he was smoking weed then. Most likely. He, he was just hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he was just, just hiding it. Been there. Definitely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I, uh, I never have played at, like, an Opry house or anything like that, but I'll be open to it. I think there, there's so much that you can do musically that it still even kind of blows my mind there's a million different directions you can mm -hmm. go and it changes from from city to city what you can do there for sure and it was definitely like the best place i could have started like i was 16 years old when i walked in i had no idea what i was doing so i was just like i like country music and i want to sing and eventually moved to nashville and they had a house band there so you would just tell them you're like eight songs you wanted to sing and what key you did them in and then she'd she had me like one Saturday a month because they were literally only open on Saturday nights and then it was a good place to learn and eventually she did like a Facebook live of me singing and Mickey Mann who was like my co-front in my band after that found me and was like hey come out to this bar and meet my band and come sing with us and they were kind of country and rock and then I was just sitting in with them every weekend I wasn't at the Opry and eventually we got really close she became like my second mom and I ended up and her band being kind of her co-front and doing harmonies with them. And then she's kind of the one who motivated me, like, get your shit together, girl. Go to Nashville. Like, you want to. Save up your money and do it. Yeah, no, it's great that you, you moved here, um, like, straight out of high school. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine. I mean, you kind of did the same thing, Danny. Yeah, I was here. I moved here when I was 18, for sure. Yeah. Same and here. And now I'm almost 28. I'm coming up on the 10-year mark. 
Yeah. I'm not Ooh. almost 28. I'm, I just turned 27. So I got a little bit of time. Yeah. You got some time. Yeah. I moved here when I was, uh, 24 or 23 or something like that. And it was in 2015. So it was just when Nashville was starting to get popping. Yeah. It wasn't under full. Would you say back then it was under full swing yet? It's hard for me to say because I spent so much of my first four to five years just in Murfreesboro. Yeah. Like I would, because I went to school there. So, um, I mean, I went to Nashville a little bit. I worked, I did like production gigs, but I didn't really spend time in Nashville. But yeah, I would say, I mean, definitely things are growing and like the traffic is noticeably worse. That's one of the main things. That's what I've heard from people who've been here for much longer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm from Vegas and the traffic's terrible there. And so I know that like when I moved here, it was a lot better and it's Mm -hmm. slowly getting more towards like that big city traffic. Great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, as much as it's changing and has changed even in the time that I've been here, I don't really mind it though. Yeah. I think it's so cool that people want to come to Nashville and they're excited about it. I was an Uber driver for, for four years here. So I got to know the city very well. Um, and I love, I always have loved all the tourists. There's a lot of people who hate them. I enjoy them because they're excited to be here and they want to know yeah. about what's up. And I can also tell them the places not to go. Yeah. Yes. And they also are a big reason why, you know, Nashville makes so much money. Yeah. Absolutely, they're for a sure. big part of the Na- Nashville economy. As yeah. much as we bitch about the tourists, they're also the ones like paying us, feeding you. Yeah, yeah for so sure. It's like we can't bitch too much. Of course, the bachelorette parties are annoying as all get out, but like they're they, also paying my bills, they so out the can't cash, complain. You know? Yeah, they they just want to hear Mr. Brightside and, and Sweet Home Alabama and Sweet Home Alabama. Let's Sugar, go, we're girls. going down. Do you remember? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Oh, Wait, Shania Twain. Three times uh, a gig. Yeah. Do you remember uh, at the gig that you played at Big Machine, I shouted out, like, the room was not dead, but, like, the energy in the room was definitely, like, a little disconnected from the band. Mm -hmm. And they were like, can we get some requests? And I shouted from the back of the bar, Sweet Home Alabama. And literally as soon as they, like, Josh started the riff, they just, like, the whole bar went crazy and started dancing. I was like, dang, is that all it takes? (laughs) Is there anything that you get tired of playing down there? Man, I feel like a woman. Really? Oh, my God. Once you've played it like three times in one gig, what a lose your mind. Yeah. When I was home for Christmas, I was like just in the backseat of my dad's truck. We were driving to church or something, and my parents listened to country radio. Literally, all it took was the intro. You were like, change it. No, turn it off now. This is my vacation from that. Yeah. All the other songs I'm still cool with, but that one's like... Ooh, I could hear the bachelorette parties. I could see the fuzzy pink cowgirl hats. The wooing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I So you moved here in October. Have you, so you haven't really been here a full summer yet, have you? This will be my first national oh, wow. summer. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. I've like no, visited no, in the summertime, but I've never lived here and been a part of it. It gets insane. No, That's you'll what make everybody a lot of, tells me. You'll make a lot of money. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is dope. Like... It does get a little bit stressful, like trying trying to navigate downtown and all that. Um, and then the the pedal taverns will be back in full swing. Oh boy! Uh, there's also I don't know if they still have it. This is so unsanitary and gross. Uh, but there is a like one of the party 
barges that that's a hot tub have you seen that one yet i've heard about it rob what? ari's drummers told me about it I'm like, i didn't know oh, that, that was sounds a thing. disgusting yeah it's a thing that's crazy and can you imagine on those days where it's like 96 degrees wanting to get in a hot tub can you imagine getting like just all those drunk strangers like i understand like that's how public pools are but they're supposed to clean them i would not trust some guy driving a bus to like no. clean it and put the right chemicals in there well you got to think they're trying to do turn around the more bodies exactly. they have the more money they exactly. make exactly they're not going to care that's honestly gross they're not going to keep it up to standard there's no way oh, yeah God. i can't rock and roll with it i've always thought it was kind of nasty yeah but i guess bachelorettes love it um there's there's like a whole a whole industry here now for just party buses for sure yeah. there's only one that i will ever want to go on and that's the big drag bus because it drives by my gigs all the time i'm like that looks so fun like they always look like they're having fun in there is is that so what was that bill danny that got passed are they still allowed to to have the drag bus i mean i've still seen it happening so okay i guess it's its own private thing i don't know much I'm, about I'm that. uneducated in, yeah, in I don't, the political world so. i don't know I out of politics. Really, yeah i don't know either i know that they were like putting re- regulation on it but i don't know the specifics of the regulations i think so far it's just like keeping kids away from it yeah which is its whole own stupid thing but yeah. i don't know if it's like a 21 plus bus i think it's still fine oh okay yeah um I do agree. I will say I do agree with the regulations that they put on the scooters because the scooters suck. The oh scooters God, were actually scooters. dangerous. And I personally used to see people eat shit. Oh, all the them. time. And when I worked downtown and did production, they did actually benefit me because I would get off at like three in the morning and I'd have a way to like ride back to my car for like two bucks trip. or something. And so you cut your trip down to like. In half. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, like, yeah, they honestly, what do they go up like 10, 15 miles an hour or something like I mean, they substantially fast. faster than walking. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a convenience to me, but I would see people do the dumbest shit on them. People would like be clearly drunk. Mm-hmm. I know this is. That's what I mean, stresses me out. I won't mention. Yeah. I won't mention any bars by name, but there were definitely people outside of bars where i saw that they actually had open containers while they were riding those which i know is not legal don't know how it happened open containers aren't even legal on, on the, the street, street. no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well you can get a dui for doing that anyways on a scooter you yeah. can do get a dui on a bicycle yeah. yeah it's true on any type of yeah vehicle that you share on the road yeah i um i really as the as an Uber driver, the one thing I hated more than anything was those scooters. There was a couple people that died on them too. Like now, I think they, they at a certain point in the night, they get cut off they like cut off. after sunset or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know the exact time, but it's pretty. It's relatively early. Yeah, yeah, you can't ride them at night. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not always the biggest fan of like regulations or anything like that. But that was an actual That's safety, a safety thing. problem. Yeah. Because people, like, cut me off all the time on those scooters. Like, I'm just driving out the parking garage, zoom. Like, okay, it's nighttime. I can barely see you. Bad idea, dude. Yeah. Well, the other thing that was happening is people were leaving them behind people's driveways and stuff like that. So someone would back out in the morning and they would pop their tires on them. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. That's why they they started to incentivize people because you can actually make – if you have a pickup truck – they like freelance out the work to like go pick them up and i've seen people make 
like yeah. full-time incomes picking up the scooters mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i've never done it but i i've seen the guys go out there and i've i've talked to a couple of them they don't all work for like a big company like you can just do it if you have a well it's an app that you get just like doing instacart or something like that yeah so you can go and the uh like let's say someone left leaves it in shelby park and you actually act like have to go into shelby park and like get out of your car and walk a distance yeah they they uh up the pay they up the pay for it so the more inconvenient it is to get the more money you get all right but yeah there's all sorts of things in Nashville. I know that they were, I don't know the specifics of it, but I know that at one point they were talking about like making it to where the pe- uh, pedal taverns couldn't be on the street like all the time because it was just blocking traffic. Yeah. I don't know if that held or anything, but I know that was a concern at the, one point. The pedal taverns? Yeah. Yeah, I know they. That was another thing that they had to regulate because there was a, a guy who fell off the back of like uh it was one of the party barges though. Okay. Um and I I think he got either severely injured or died. Um so there's definitely been like crazy things that have happened just because Nashville's such a big party scene. I mean, you see it firsthand. It's like people come here and they treat it like like it's it's Vegas, you oh, know? Yeah. And on yeah. In Vegas, you can actually, in some areas, drink on the street. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of like New like Orleans. On, like on the Strip, yeah. Some mm-hmm. There are some areas where you can... Designated areas. I th- Actually, you know what? I think in all on all of the Strip, yeah. On the whole Strip, I'm pretty sure you can drink uh, open containers. Yeah. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've seen while performing, while you've been on stage? Oh, God. I don't even know. Why is like nothing coming to mind? I'm sure I've seen like a thousand sure, things. Yeah, I think I'm just numb to everything at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're knee deep down in it. You're on the straight straight up battlefield of yeah. Nashville. You know, it, it's so funny because there is so many different scenes here. Yeah. Um, because of course there's like downtown, and then um, that that's it's really like the um. And I don't mean this in a, a negative way, but it's like the the Mickey Mouse Disney World version of Nashville, mm-hmm. like the whole downtown Broadway thing, which which is great because musicians are able to make money. They're able to make a full time living. Yeah. That's why people move here. That's why we have moved here. Yeah. You know, um, but there's so much cool stuff happening. Like the scene that Danny and I are really in, we play a lot and do a lot of things over in East Nashville. Yeah. Have you gotten to, to hang out there much? Not really. Just like every now and then go thrift shopping and stuff. But okay. I haven't really hung out there much. I live in Franklin, so it's kind of oh, a shit. ways away from Okay. Me. Franklin's nice. Do you go to Kimbrough's? I haven't. I keep saying I'm going to. What are you doing Thursday night? You should come to Kimbrough's. <laughs> I'm actually free. I might go. <laughs> I, put, I book shows there first Thursday of every month, so I have like an original show that i put on there oh nice so uh yeah it's like one of the coolest spots in franklin because uh it's a like a house that was turned into a venue and it's they have like a jam room and stuff it's it's like kind of what you're talking about it's like true old school nashville yeah. vibes it, not that there's you know not cool stuff downtown it's just like, it's just a different it's, vibe it's just tailored to tourists yeah and i feel like there's a lot of places in nashville that like have a lot of history that are the local vibe yeah like a lot of historic music places and venues around town well kimbrose is cool because 
you can go in there to see music, but there's also people like jamming out on the front porch if it's a, a nice night. Yeah. Like jamming have, to bluegrass and stuff. Yeah, they just have like guitars around and stuff that people just like jam. That's so just cool. pick up and jam. It's really cool. Yeah, Who's cool. playing at uh, Kimbrough's? Have you have you got artists yet? Or are you still uh, figuring it out? I have some, but not everyone is confirmed. Okay, so, you yeah, don't want to we'll, announce anything yet. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll no, that's fine. Danny, what other shows do you have in the works right now? Is there anything that we can actually talk about that we're working on? Um, it look well. I don't want to speak too soon. No, probably not. Honestly, nothing. Nothing confirmed. Nothing we can talk about. Yeah, nothing confirmed, okay. unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're gearing up to have a busy summer. I mean, you can talk about the idea. Oops, sorry about that. No, you're good. Uh, talk about Tarantino night. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be doing uh, Tarantino night. We don't know where yet. We don't have a date yet. But uh, basically the premise is um, I'll be playing bass and kind of the band leader that night. And we'll have a solid, consistent band with me playing. And then we're going to have a bunch of guest singers that come up on stage. And have you seen any of Quentin Tarantino's movies? I have not. Okay. So he's a famous director. Um, He's done like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained. He's, He's a very celebrated director. But his soundtracks are always incredible. And they range from everything from... Funk music, surf rock, soul, country. He's a very, everything's very visual. You know, like it, his his music really helps paint the picture and bring bring it alive. Cool. Yeah, but we got, we got that in the works. Yeah, he, he's kind of like the, the music that he uses in his movies are typically like pop, like pop culture, um, like famous songs for like, certain eras and things like that yeah nice yeah it's it's pretty cool so i'm super stoked for that um i mean one thing that i can talk about that i'm i'm kind of excited about is um i'm trying to uh put together a little instrumental combo right now and gig with that this summer in preparation for the tarantino night and do like surf rock and funk basically instrumental funk but that should be pretty cool i'm just so eager to to get back on stage and start playing again yeah it was like once i did it once after not doing it for a while i was like oh yeah i remember why i like this it's addicting yeah it is addicting and not only that even sitting down to learn the songs it makes me feel like a teenager again a little bit like i'm 15 you know like learning cocaine by eric clapton a song that i haven't played in years that in the scene that we're in, like the East Nashville scene, that's not a song you're going to hear at the East Room or the Cobra or something like that. Um, so it's been really refreshing because for a long time I was stressed out playing music and I didn't even realize it. Yeah, I got into this mode of being so focused on having a career that I forgot that music is fun as fuck to do and that it's cool and that it's fun. Yeah. Um, and once I started learning these songs, I was like, oh, yeah. And it started giving me more ideas mm-hmm. and it made me happy. You know, I feel like I've been getting in touch with my inner child lately. And it's been happening for me since COVID. Um, I'm borderline an old man now. I'm 31. But um, 
I started collecting baseball cards again. I'm, a, I'm really into baseball. And uh, I got into that during COVID just because I was bored. My dad moved up here and brought up all my old baseball cards. The other thing I've started doing, I'm half embarrassed to admit this, but I, I like Legos. I build Legos. Legos are fun. Not even going to lie. Yeah, they are fun. And um, so that's been really cool, too, because my niece, it's something that we've bonded over. She's 12 now, but, um, you know, throughout her entire, you know, childhood, I would buy her Legos and stuff like that for Christmas. Yeah. And she would love it. And um, I've gotten back into comic books, too, um, which is something that I got away from. I think I had my blinders on for so long just for music and trying to have a career that it sucked all the fun out of doing it for me. So, but now I'm back collecting comic books, building <laughs> Legos, learning cocaine by Eric Clapton. It's almost like you've come full circle. It honestly feels that way a little bit. I feel motivated, but calm. Yeah, I'm that's kind of where I've been at with... Ever since leaving Tootsie's, I'm like, hmm, I have time. I should learn some new songs that have just like the same 12 tourist songs that I do all the time. Like, man, I feel like a woman. I love rock and roll. And I've like ventured into new songs. Like, I've never learned Paramore stuff, but all my friends are like, you should try Paramore. You'd sound good doing it. So now I like spend all my free time learning new Paramore songs and stuff like that. What's your favorite like Paramore that. song to play? Or do you sing them yet? Or? Um, I haven't tried yet. I'm obsessed with Misery Business. But one. I suck donkey balls at it. <laughs> too many words, too fast. <laughs> yeah, it is fast. For it's sure. hard. <laughs> that was such a distinct era in music. Mm-hmm. Like that was my my teenage years. I mean, that was pretty yeah. much your teenage years too. Yeah, definitely. Because we're we're about the sure. same age. We're in the yeah. same age range. Yeah, close. But all, all of those um, emo bands were huge at the time. Paramore, My Chemical Romance. Like it, when I was in high school, Paramore was seen as a, a you know as a chick band. Yeah. So it wasn't cool to like them, but they're legitimately That's good. Oh yeah, they're I, incredible. It was the same for me. It was like all the guys like low key thought that they were awesome, but you like couldn't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or else you know people would just think you're a loser. They're like you're an emo. Yeah. It's like I'm already an emo. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I'm just late to the party with music because I spent all like middle school and high school into like the Judds and Martina McBride. Just whatever my mom was listening to, I ended up listening to. Uh-huh. And now I'm like on my own. I'm kind of discovering new music by myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm in my emo phase. Just like five <laughs> years after everybody else. Hey. It's never too late. Yeah, it's to never go through too late. An emo phase. <laughs> yeah, I was super into to My Chemical Romance. Like they were, for me, they were like my favorite favorite in high school like what got me into music was green day same as ian fleming from our from our friends the reveal our friend ian yeah um he was super super into green day too but um yeah for me it was was green day like uh i was a bass player right from the beginning Mm -hmm. my best friend growing up his name uh, was uh, his name is uh kane and kane got a guitar and started playing and he i went over to his house one day and he was like, check this out. And he started playing American Idiot by Green Day. Yeah. And we turned on the music video and we were like, wow, this is so cool. And I said, I want to start playing guitar. And he told me um, I wasn't allowed to because there couldn't be two guitars in a band. I had to learn how to play bass. Oh, dang. So I don't know if he knew 
or he just saw that Green Day was a trio and was like, you have to, we're going to be a trio. Mm-hmm. And then we recruited our friend Simon to play drums. He didn't have a drum set. We were just like, you got to get drums and learn how to play drums. And then we started playing. But right from the beginning, I was a bass player. And uh, Mike Dirt from Green Day, he was a big inspiration for me. Um, yeah, Green Day is honestly one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Same for me, if yeah. I'm going to be real. They put on a great show. Whether you're into their music or not, they're phenomenal performers. Nice. What's the best live show you've ever seen? Ooh, I went to the... It was like a few years back at the Bridgestone. It was this big, like, Kenny Rogers retirement I was there. Thing. Yep. It, everybody played there. Like, Dolly Parton was there. Idina Menzel was there. Like, everybody was there. So that's, like, the coolest show I've ever seen. The Flaming Lips were there, too. Oh, really? Yeah, they did a, they did a song. Do you, know, do you know the Flaming Lips? Do you remember that from that show? Um, I don't think so. It was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it was so it was like uh, I think they might have done Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town, which is a heartbreaking song. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. Do you know that song, Danny? I do not. So it's about a veteran who comes home from uh, I think it's probably like the Korean War or something like that. And it's about his he's like crippled in a wheelchair and his wife is two timing him. She's cheating on him. And his whole thing is just like, wait until I die and then you can move on. Um, but in the That's meantime, <laughs> at least spend time with me and like love me. And it's the the tag of the song is Ruby, don't take your love to town. Um, it's it's a real heart, a heartbreaker. It's a dark okay, song. now I gotta listen to that when I get in the car. Yeah, it's good. And then of course, like one of the best Kenny Rogers song is uh, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition is in. That's my favorite one mm-hmm. from the Big Lebowski. Uh, the dream I mean, I know sequence. The movie. I, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that one's a little bit more psychedelic. It's not really a country one. Yeah. Um, but have, have you ever seen The Big Lebowski? I have not. I've never seen anything. I'm the worst. No, you're good. <laughs> Dan- Danny's seen it. Yeah. That's it's... that's probably the movie I've seen more than any other movie. Either that or The Shawshank Redemption. It is a classic. Both are classics. The Big Lebowski is like a it's a lighthearted, easy watching movie. It's, I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. We do not sponsor Netflix. No. <laughs> Maybe one day. We are not sponsored or associated with Netflix. Do you do original music? Do you do any writing? Um, just like in my free time in my bedroom. I wanna, That's like one of my New Year's resolutions, I guess, is to actually do something with an original. Okay. How many songs do you have? Um, basically, whenever I'm pissed off at somebody, I write a song about them. So, are, are you a guitar player at all? Do you do you like sit there and strum, or do you play with on a keyboard? What do you do? Um, I attempt guitar. I would never subject anybody's ears to it, but I try. Okay, just to get through. I took piano lessons growing up, so that comes a little easier. But okay, okay, yeah, I'm more of a lyricist. Like I could sit down and write a poem with literally no melody in mind, but just like write out the verse, chorus, verse, bridge, all that stuff, and just be like. Here, can somebody else turn this into a song? Yeah. And then I'll sing it once you tell me what it sounds like. Well, songwriting is is truly, you know, an an art form, Mm -hmm. as much as it's cheesy to say that. But there's so many different aspects to it. Because there's the arrangement piece of the the actual instruments um, and what they're playing in the song. Then there's the arrangement piece as far as song order goes. Yeah. Then there is... The whole production thing, like how are you going to bring this to life, and then melody and lyrics. Yeah. 
I feel like my favorite part is probably the the musical musical part. You guys should write a song together. Yeah. There you go. I would be open to it. Definitely. Let's put that you got a lyric. You got. A, I was gonna say you got a lyricist and a yeah and a mu- yeah. Um, I'm a composer. Composer in a, in the same room right here. Perfect. Definitely. One hundred percent. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm super stoked for uh for this summer though. I think there's a lot of cool things that we got in the works. There's a couple of good movies that are coming out. I'm a big movie buff. <laughs> I was at one point. Now I'm just like I don't have the attention span for movies. What's your favorite movie of all time? Oh crap, that's hard. I just like funny, stupid stuff like Parental Guidance. It has Billy Crystal. Is it Billy Crystal? Yes, and Bette Midler. That's like stupid humor. Uh huh. I also like A League of Their Own because that's just a classic. Oh, are you a big baseball fan? Uh, not really. I like grew up at the Dayton Dragons baseball stadium because like my mom worked at a company that did a sponsorship deal so we were there like a few times a summer okay so i like was always into the environment not really the sport like if you turned it on i would have no idea what's going on but yeah. just like the environment of a baseball game yeah i love it's fun because you don't really have to uh completely pay attention even if you're there mm-hmm. you can be talking eating a hot dog yeah some popcorn you know yeah like it's it- my favorite way to socialize like just going to a baseball game with somebody I could leave and literally have no idea who won, but I'll have had a good time. So you, so this is going to be your first summer here. You haven't gone to a sounds game yet. I have not. You got to go to a sounds game. It's I've super. I've never fun. even been to a sounds. You game. haven't been to a sounds game either. No. It's it's fun. It, the t- the tickets are pretty cheap. Like yeah. you can get a good a cheap price on tickets. Yeah. The um, stadium's right near Brooklyn Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I know where it's at. It is. Have you been to Brooklyn Bowl yet? I have definitely. Yeah. Is that where you saw Corey Wong? Not this last time, but the time before. Okay. And I've also seen uh, some other shows. I can't remember all of them right now. My I'm drawing a blank. But it's a great venue. Have you ever been to Brooklyn Bowl? Not yet. No. I haven't done much exploring outside of downtown. Well, you haven't been here for very long. It's yeah. it's in Germantown. It's close to downtown. Yeah. It's it's super close by. Have you gotten to see a show at the Ryman yet? Not since I moved here, but like in the past with my parents when they were paying for tickets. Yeah, <laughs> they, I feel that. It's expensive. Now I don't really do much of the play shows and go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that. The drunkest I've ever been living in Nashville was at the Ryman Auditorium. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it was. I went to go see Sturgill Simpson. Oh, well, yeah, that's a good okay, reason. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah, it was... Uh, on a sailor's guide to earth it was on that tour okay so he had a full horn section he came out and did a bunch of songs from his first um two albums he threw a couple of covers in there Mm -hmm. and then the second set was entirely all like uh, a sailor's guide to earth front to back with the horns it was really cool i love sturgill yeah He's amazing. You, you know, in his tiny desk, he talks. I don't remember which song, but one of his songs is about like doing, like tripping on acid in Murfreesboro. Really? And he talks about it. He's like, he's like, or or maybe maybe it's not about that. I think he said he wrote the song "Tripping on Acid" like on a porch in Murfreesboro, and he says it in his tiny desk. I wonder if it was uh, "Turtles All the Way Down." I wonder which one it was. I he don't remember. We'd have songs. to watch. We'd have to pull the, up the tiny desk, but I remember that distinctly because the first time I saw it, I was living in Murfreesboro, and, and you're like, like, "What? Oh, yeah." <laughs> 
Yeah, he did um, Chris Sh- uh, Shiflet's podcast um, once or twice. And one of the times he talked about how he used to play in Margot Price's band and they would play gigs at the five spot. And how um, he lived at a, a shitty cinder brick apartment on Eastland. Yeah. And it's, I know which ones those are. Yeah. I used well, to live, used to on, live Eastland. on Eastland. Yeah, yeah. the castle days. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like whenever you hear someone that you really like or respect and they're referencing the same stuff as you, it's like, oh, shit. They were here. They were <laughs> here. Like, Sturgill played at the fucking five spot with Margot Price. Yeah. He used to play in her band, you that know? awesome. Yeah. So cool. That's how I feel like Dee's is. Have you ever been over to Dee's Country Cocktail Lounge? It's in Madison. No. You're into, like, you're really into country, right? Yeah. Yeah, it you'd really enjoy it. There's a lot of good country bands that play in there. Yeah. Um, but like uh do you know Sierra Hole? She's mm. she's more like bluegrass, not country, but she like played she did like a pop-up show at D's. Um I can't think of all the other ones, but like there's definitely some big country names that like go in there and kind of just do random things. It's it's cool. And the tickets always like $5 each. Nice. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty badass venue. Where can people find you at, Tori? At Tori Faith Music on all the social medias. And then, are you talking in person or social media? Both. Okay. I was like, hold on. Did I just answer that question so incredibly wrong? Mm-mm. Okay. Social media, Tori Faith Music. In person, I don't even know. <laughs> just Where wherever I get called. Where are your gigs? Or Right now, I'm literally just doing fill-ins, so... Right now, Johnny Cash, Nudies, Snitch. Those have been the most played at places recently. Nice. Cool. Well, Danny, thanks for producing uh, today's episode. Hell yeah, it was fun. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. Keep on dreaming. See you next week. (laughs) 